Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Neary. Well, hey everybody, it is Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy, and I hope you guys are having a great day. I want to talk to you about something that you're probably somewhat familiar with, but I want to talk about it in a unique context. So today we are going to be talking about learning styles, and this is something that is pretty common to the homeschool world. Most people have heard of them. Um, and I want to talk about learning styles in online education. So before we jump into online education, I want to talk about what learning styles are, the four major learning styles. And then I want to introduce you to what is probably a new concept for you. And that is the SAMR model of online learning. Um, and then we're going to put them together. So hopefully this will be a really fun, informative workshop for you and you'll learn a lot. Okay. So Everybody has probably heard of learning styles in the homeschool community. At this point, they're just as much a part of the homeschooling parents' vocabulary as Ticonderoga pencils, right? We use them, we love them, and we embrace them for really good reasons. They help us understand our kids better, and they make homeschooling actually more enjoyable for our kids and for us. So I think it's a great tool to have in your toolbox. Um, but I also want to caution, um, because I've heard parents say this, that they need to get curriculum based on their kids' learning styles. And they had a couple um, kids, three to four, and they were going to get curriculum based on each different student's learning style for each individual kid. And we don't need to do that. And the reason why is because for one, well, there's a couple of reasons. It would be exhausting and actually expensive. Secondly, the research has shown that while it's a great tool to use and to keep in mind and to utilize, kids who've been spoon-fed their particular learning style throughout their childhood are not better off or less off than those who haven't been. And so while it's a good tool, it's not something that we need to like just take as, as gospel truth and really um, manage everything based on that. Okay, so um, the best use of learning styles, in my opinion, is to be aware of who tends towards what style and then offer up a variety of ways to learn, assess, and review the lesson. Because research does show that if you can utilize various neural pathways, auditory, kinesthetic, visual learning styles to teach a lesson, your kids are going to be more likely to retain the lesson. And if, especially if you can incorporate games or play into the learning, um, the learning and the retention goes way, way up. Okay. So the other thing I want to just point out is that it's really important in my opinion for the, for the parent, the home educator to realize what is their learning style. The reason why is because we tend to teach based on how we learn. So if my learning style is really different than my, my kiddos, and I'm always focusing on how I learn, I might be missing some great learning opportunities and even assessment opportunities in interacting with my kid. Okay, so let's go over the four major learning styles. Number one, reading and writing. This person tends to learn by reading and writing. Books, text, note-taking, 
there's going to be your natural note taker and they're going to have to write while they learn or they're listening to a lecture or even maybe watching a movie. Um, I learn this way. And so I have papers literally everywhere because it's hard for me to have a conversation and really remember it without taking notes. I don't always have to refer back to the note, but just the act of writing while I'm listening or while I'm interacting with something really helps me to remember it and to retain it. Um, dictionaries and encyclopedias, your reader and writer, they're going to love these as tools. They often are daydreamers. <laughs> they're in their head a lot. They're imaginative. They love learning through storytelling. So if you have a kiddo who just really is pointed towards reading and they're very uh, much a novel kind of person, or they have memorized the um, encyclopedia of dogs or whatever, you probably have a reader and writer on your hands. Okay. That's a little bit different than a visual learner. A visual learner learns by seeing. They love graphic organizers. They're really drawn to posters. They're your PowerPoint person. They have need for visual stimulation and they really love visual organization. So clutter tends to be really stressful to them and they actually need time to watch, to observe and to practice hands-on. So they wanna see it and then they wanna put it into practice and they have a high attention to detail. So I think that's an important aspect of the visual learner is that they might notice something in a room that nobody else notices, okay? Your auditory learner, this is the person who learns by hearing, and they are your great listeners, and they are your great speakers. <laughs> so a lot of times your auditory learner is actually talking while they're learning, and it might be really distracting to your visual learner um, because they're talking in order to hear themselves, right? But they, they really like verbal instructions. They love read-alouds, books on tapes. They love discussions and talking. They have the gift of gab, and they process out loud, like I just said. So Often they have very large vocabularies. They love music and often have lyrics memorized. <laughs> Those of us who are not auditory learners might really be jealous of this fact. I happen to live with several auditory learners and um, they can they can hear something and literally have it memorized once or twice after hearing it. It's, a, it's an amazing gift. Um, they can memorize something exceptionally well if it's set to music or if they can hear it. So if you have an auditory learner, reading uh, reading instructions is not going to be as effective for them probably as hearing the instructions, okay? Now, your kinesthetic learner, they learn by doing, and they really, we might recognize this type of learner because they love big muscle movement, but they also need small muscle movement. So they're very tactile. They like to touch things. They're hands-on, they're fidgety, they're movers and doers. They might break things a lot because they're trying to always figure out how things work. They're probably going to be also your kid who can put things together faster than other kids in your home too, but they're often very physically adept. They can see the big picture. Um, and they often have to move to learn or to process information. Now for ADHD kids, if you can get them a fidget ball or a little bouncy yoga ball or something, they might actually learn faster by having some movement going on while they're learning. But kinesthetic learners learn that way as well. So um, having Playmobil or Legos for them to play with while you're doing read alouds or a little mini tramp in your home while they're memorizing math facts, those can really help the kinesthetic learner to learn more efficiently and effectively. Okay, so those are the major learning styles. Now I'm gonna switch for a minute because I wanna talk about online education and, um, and then we'll put it all together, okay? So 2020 really brought to the fore online education for everybody. And it went from 
some things that people did occasionally. I mean, you didn't, you did have some people who did all of their education online, but usually in the homeschool world, people took one or two classes online, but all of a sudden in 2020, um, everybody was online and virtual learning really became the thing to try to manage this big disaster we were all thrown into. But virtual learning really, um, if, if students showed up at all, they were often bored and uninspired. Teachers were thrown into situations that they were not prepared for. They had no training for. Some kids actually ended up in class. Some were online all at the same time. And these school teachers had to make uh, sense of it all for themselves and the kids. And then you had schools making outrageous demands, like kids had to be required to have shoes on at all times while participating in their virtual classes, even while they were sitting at home. So virtual learner, virtual learning became kind of this like mess. <laughs> and a lot of kids experienced it, had terrible experiences with it and don't want anything else to do with it again. But in the midst of virtual learning and seasoned online academies, like True North Homeschool Academy, we continued to offer dynamic and interactive small group classes that inspired students to learn, grow, and develop. Now, what's the difference between the awful virtual schools that so many people think of when they think online learning and online learning academies like True North Homeschool Academy? Well, a couple things. Years of online teaching and learning experience, intentionality, and the SAMR model. Now we keep our classes small group in particular so that our teachers and students can interact with each other and with the teachers in real time. A lot of online academies, they only have the chat available to the students and the teachers don't answer it in real time, if at all. But we actually allow our kids to talk to each other, talk to the students, they do projects and presentations. Um, and so that is based kind of on the SAMR model. And I wanna tell you what the SAMR model is. The SAMR hierarchy of online education was developed by a Harvard-trained biologist, which makes sense. Scientists are great at classifying information, right? This model is super helpful when we go to understand the various types of online education. Now, there's four aspects of this model, and the first two are enhancement, enhancement to um, what would take place in a, in a physical classroom, and the last two are transformative, so they're completely different than what would take place in a physical classroom. So I'm going to go through each piece of the SAMR model. Okay, substitution, SAMR is an acronym, S-A-M-R, stands for Substitution, Augmentation, Modification, and Reimagination. So the first step in this hierarchy is substitution. And this is where technology acts as a direct substitute with no functional change. This is basically what everybody experienced in 2020 with virtual schooling and teachers just picked up a textbook and that they would have used in class and they tried to modify it for online. Basically, they just read it or had the kids read it. A lot of the kids didn't even have the textbook. And with the classroom experience, of course, you have the physical textbook. The kids have the physical textbook. You have the posters in the room. You have the questions and answers with the teachers and the students in real time. You have extension activities that the teachers have spent a lot of time and money of their own usually putting together for the kids. They didn't have access to that in a virtual classroom like they would have had in person. With 2020, students became pretty disengaged. They actually began avoiding the learning because they felt it was disorganized and boring. So I wanna give you some positive examples of substitution because we use them every day and you're probably just not even aware that there's a name to it. But some examples of substitution in the SAMR model are having students type their work instead of just handwriting it. 
or uploading a PDF instead of photocopying a, a piece of paper or a piece of homework, using a digital interactive whiteboard like we at True North use with our Zoom classes, as opposed to a traditional whiteboard, and then saving the document from the virtual whiteboard that you can share with the class later. Those are all examples of substitution. Okay, in the SAMR model, the A stands for augmentation. And this is where technology acts as a direct substitute for what might happen in real life with functional improvements. So a student might, might use technology as a source of information and they can be actively learning without teacher-led instruction. And we see this all the time. Kids do this all the time with videos, right? In their favorite app. So examples of this that your kids actually probably are engaged with and that we use at True North Homeschool Academy all the time, our students use PowerPoints to learn information and to give presentations. The other aspect of augmentation, another example of augmentation is that students use the internet to engage in independent research and learning on their own. Students use an app or an ed tech program like our self-paced Spanish program that offers built-in gamification and ensures motivation and learning. So these are all actually examples of augmentation. And then lastly, teachers use video instructions like videos they've created themselves on Loom or YouTube or TED Talks to extend learning. And we actually use this in our virtual classroom at True North Home School Academy. So every class has its own virtual classroom with bulletin board and topic boards. And many of the teachers have used the topic boards as an extension of the in-class learning. So they'll, they'll post TED Talks, they'll post YouTube links. And that is a great example of augmentation. The third level in the SAMR model of hierarchy of online learning is modification. And this is where technology allows for direct task redesign, particularly when it comes to group projects. So students actually get to collaborate on shared documents like Google Docs. We do this with our teachers all over the world. We use Google Docs at True North School Academy. If I need the teachers to all roll out or assign something, I'll send out a Google Doc. Um, they can copy it, sign it, send it back to me. And this creates a more cooperative and dynamic class experience. So some real life examples of this are students can collectively create a podcast. We've had them do that in some of our classes, and then they can all access and edit it together in real time. Students can collectively create and, and edit a video together. We have this happening in our video editing class. And then students can use tech tools like Google Earth to measure or view areas that they don't have physical access to. Our world geography class uses Google Earth all the time. So students actually have um, tools at their fingertips that they can interact with collectively, and they would not be able to do this in real life um, because we have students from all over the world. So we've modified learning. It's such an exciting thing to do. Um, the fourth aspect of the SAMR model of the hierarchy of online learning is reimagination. And this is where technology actually allows for the creation of brand new tasks, previously unconceivable. So using tech at this level allows your student to embrace a growth mindset, um, and they're not limited to a physical community. So some great examples of this are making a recording of a student as they perform a speech or dance, and then using that recording to give peer reviews. Or what we've done at True North Homeschool Academy is pairing a live online German class in Germany with True North Homeschool Academy German students all over the world. And these students all get to interact interglobally and interlingually. Wow, that's reimagining education, right? Having students publish their work online so that other teachers and peers can comment and edit. We do that in um, a couple of our classes, the journalism class, et cetera. So this is reimagining education. This is using tech 
to allow students to do and interact with each other in ways that they would not be able to do so without the technology. So understanding the SAMR model when purchasing online classes and investing in an online program is really an important step in knowing if you're getting the type of program that will engage and encourage active learning, or is it designed to be a passive experience? Now, there might be times when a passive experience is all that you need, um, or that you just want to, you know, check the box. Your kid just needs information. And so it's fine. It doesn't always have to be the SAMR model or every aspect of it. There's times and places for every piece of it, but it's really important for you to understand what the pieces are so that you can make the best and wisest decision for the needs of your family. And while online learning has really taken the world by storm, I want to be really clear with you and say that most K through 12th grade programs often consist of cartoon-like videos or strictly lecture-style information downloads with very, very little teacher-to-student or student-to-student interaction. And if you're looking for those kind of interactions, which, by the way, your student probably needs, um, you want to go shopping for that, right? Okay, so where do learning styles in the SAMR model meet? As busy homeschool moms, we are always looking to get the most from every opportunity and make sure that our dollars go as far as possible. I think we all have that in common. And more and more of us are working part or full-time while we homeschool. And so we need to make use of online educational resources because it just makes sense from a time and resource perspective. If we're working while we homeschool, our time is limited. And so investing in some online choices really gives us more bang for our buck. Knowing our kids' preferred learning method can really help us make the best choices when it comes to online educational options, and it allows us to evaluate options systematically and allocate our resources very strategically. Okay, so what to look for in an online learning-based program regarding our kids' learning styles. So I'm going to just go through them in the order that I talked about learning styles. So if you have a student who learns best by reading or writing, um, they're going to do well with many different kinds of online learning programs, pre-recorded and live. Now, if you can find a program that uses gamification, um, then that's even better because it's going to be more fun for this type of learner, and they'll often rise to the challenge and go really far fast. So an example of that would be self-paced Spanish that we offer at True North Homeschool Academy. It is gamified. It allows the students to control their own learning environment with a dashboard, various games to win, and great interaction. Also, I'd say our live online classes because we offer papers, quizzes, presentations, in other words, a variety of assessments, so it makes learning engaging to a student who probably already loves to learn. And then any research-based program like Science with Labs or Latin taught in a way that encourages engagement is going to be really motivating for this type of student. So I would say what to avoid for this type of student with online learning, be aware of online programs or teachers who talk really fast or don't have time for the student to ask questions and clarify information. Because remember, this type of student is a note taker. And if they have a teacher who talks super fast and doesn't stop and let the kiddos um, keep up with their note taking, or the students can't ask questions to clarify their notes, they're going to be lost when they go back to do the homework. So that's one thing I would really avoid for your students who are readers and writers as primary learners. Okay, so for visual learners, these students learn by watching. So online classes that are visually well-organized are going to really appeal to this type of learner. Now, if they're visually chaotic, which some online programs are, especially the cartoonish ones or the animated ones, they can be very visually a little chaotic and maybe some somewhat disorganized. I'd stay away from those for a visual learner. 
But finding online classes where there are class bulletin boards and topic boards like we offer at True North Home School Academy, it's going to enhance and increase the students' awareness and engagement with the material. Okay, so there's online extension activities. And then finding online teachers who are personally engaging online is a must. And I think we've all interacted with an online teacher who is just like not very animated and their voice is monotone, that's going to be really difficult for the visual learner to engage and interact with. You don't want to have a teacher who's just droning on and not going to keep their attention. Um, you also want to have an online program that utilizes textbooks, videos, books, posters, printables, etc., as extension activities to keep this learner engaged. Um, you don't have to have all of that, but I'm just offering you a lot of a lot of things to think about as you're creating um, the best homeschool environment you can for your kids. Okay, what to avoid with a visual learner? Online classes where the teacher simply lectures and there's no time for engagement or interaction or question asking, no visual graphics or virtual classroom with an extension um, program or activities involved. I would avoid those, especially if you're doing a full program with a visual learner. Auditory learners. The auditory learner does great when there's a high level of auditory engagement in the online learning environment. So Socratic discussions um, like Adam Prusan offers in his classes, small group breakout rooms like we use with a lot of our True North Home School Academy classes, the opportunity for presentations, both giving them and listening to them, and the opportunity to engage and ask questions. This is going to be super important for this type of learner. Also have the material that they're learning set to music or chant is going to give them an advantage to learning any information as their brain is naturally wired to engage with that material. So really finding an online teacher who utilizes chants for Latin, for example, or music in an online class, that's fantastic. Or has, again, a virtual classroom like we have at True North Home School Academy with extension activities where the teacher has maybe listed, um, you know, that subject material set to music or a chant. That's going to be super helpful for an auditory learner. What to avoid for an auditory learner with online learning? Online classes that have a lot of music or noise, but don't include content, okay? Because they're going to learn the music, <laughs> not the content. Or the majority of classes just visual or watching the teacher talk during it on. Now, auditory learners might do okay with that. It depends on their cluster of learning style, right? Um, also, I would say students um, in a classroom where they don't have a chance to ask questions or interact verbally with the teacher or fellow students, because again, auditory learners not only like to listen, but they like to talk. So that feedback loop um, neurologically for them is super important. Okay, and then last but certainly not least, kinesthetic learners. Can kinesthetic learners learn in an online learning environment? And I would like to propose to you that absolutely, yes, they can. These type of learners, again, prefer engaging hands-on project-based learning. So look for classes that understand the SAMR model, like we offer at True North Home School Academy, and seek to engage the learner with projects, presentations, and activities. I want to just highlight one of our teachers, Laura Nolette's Science Exploration A and B classes. These would be ideal for a kinesthetic learner because she walks the students through actual science experiments every single week. Or classes like our World Geography program that Shannon Swindler teaches, where it's very project-based and the students actually take virtual field trips around the world. All of these classes utilize all four aspects of the SAMR model and would be perfect for a kinesthetic learner because they're actually engaged and thinking and doing while they're learning the material. What to avoid for a kinesthetic learner with online learning? 
Avoid online classes where the students sit passively and just listen or watch. And there's no personal engagement on their part. Again, a virtual campus like we offer at True North Homeschool Academy, where they have extension activities available to the student is always helpful. So, wow, a lot of information right there. But I want to just assure you guys that learning styles are such a handy tool for the homeschooling parent. And especially as we evaluate new tech and its uses in our homeschool. It's a great way to really make sure that your student is getting everything that they need so that they can learn well, that your time is used just so well and your money too, because we know that we're all just making the best use of both. So if you have any questions about this video or the podcast, I'd love to interact with you about it. Um, if you're listening to this on podcast, there's show notes for you. And if you have any questions about our classes, of course, I'd love to answer this for you. We'll talk to you soon. This is Lisa for True North Homeschool Academy. Thanks. Hey, everybody, this is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy, and I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes, so when your students take classes with us, they're not in a, they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, we like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North Homeschool Academy. Um, we're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com and thanks for listening to today's podcast.